Property of the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. This is Popper of the People, and with me is Peter. Hello. Chris. Hello. And newest member of our team, Mr. Dan Horner. Hi, guys. Horning. Again. Dan Horning. Sorry. Sorry, Horning. Chris, edit that out. No. All right. No, you will leave it. We will make fun of Nate. Shut up. Pick on me anyway. What difference does it make? Then why try to edit it out? And with us is special guest J.P.H. Snake. Yo, what's up? How's everybody doing tonight? Great. Pretty well. That's good. So what's everyone up to this week, Peter? Oh, I was solitary and goldfishing some uh, popper stuff for that one tournament you're talking about, but apparently I forgot that. It's only online rules, so no popper tied for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Other than that, pull the saxophone again, and then start having some fun with that thing. Okay. Uh, Chris? Man, I've just been winning a lot of magic recently. Uh, published on two of the eight-man results for the days, and uh, played Theros Block Constructed. You know, I figure I need another source of income now that they're not giving us popper dailies. <laughs> yeah. So... Played Theros Block Constructor, went 3 1 in that event. Uh, I don't remember which day that was, but. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Tiger's Blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's epic. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and, you know, other than that, family stuff. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Dan, what have you been up to? I've been switching podcasts. Uh-huh. I. Uh... When the daily events uh, went away, I realized that as I play uh, in the weeks, uh, then uh, I can't play the the competitive events. So I, I have embraced my casual side here and joined you guys. That's awesome. Hey. Welcome to the group. Thank you. And Jack, we've been up to. Well, let's see. I've been uh, doing some brewing, I guess. For uh, yeah, trying to make, uh, trying to set up my next article. But uh, but other than that, like lots of social media event going events going on. Apparently, like we're supposed to be promoting our new TV show, King of the Nerds. So yeah. yeah. So here's like this shameless self promotion for myself and TBS, and uh, yeah, everything that goes well with that. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Play much? Play what? What kind? Of, any sneak peek to what deck you're working on? Right now, like I am, uh, I guess like right now I'm trying to work on like uh, I'm. Gonna, I guess I'm trying to work on a new freed from the real deck, like this one going with Voyaging Satter and uh, Arbor Elf, along with all those enchant lands that produce colored mana. So yeah. I mean, like. I'm trying to decide whether I whether I like that or like the original Love Train brew I made like mm-hmm. a few months ago or better. So um, yeah, I, right now I can't really decide. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a lot of hate going on with all these like one one creatures. You know, I can't ever <laughs> land a one one. It's like yeah. ah, come on, Arbor <laughs> Elf never stays alive. That's the problem. Well, My vote's on Love Train just because of the name. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I like I, I don't really know the. What? Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I didn't hear your question. I just said that I I, I have to love the love train. <laughs> yeah, I gotta love the love train too. You know, it's a. Uh, 
but yeah, no, I'm trying to. I guess I'm trying to do. Um, I guess I guess I'm trying to. I'm trying to brew a, uh, yeah, I'm trying to brew with, like, Fertile Ground and stuff like that, uh-huh. and I guess, uh, yeah, with the next Dwelling on the Past article, I, um, will be Urza's block, and I guess, uh, technically, Fertile Ground is an Urza Saga card, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About yeah, I, that. Uh, I, I actually, the Dwelling on the Past articles, I actually really, really like, because, uh, like, obviously, if you've heard me talk on the show before, like, I donate plasma, and that's when I actually read articles. And it's like, I just love reading this article, because I'm, I'm started playing Magic in, like, 95, when Ice Age was still out. So Whoa. all the cards you're talking about just bring back fond memories. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, I spent no, a lot of time reading when, it were at, at, when I'm donating. I'm glad that my articles are great when you're a little... When your brain isn't getting enough oxygen, I guess. Uh. <laughs> well, no, it's it's plasma. I'm getting enough oxygen. It's different. Oh yeah, I understand. Yeah. It's just it, you need something joke. to do. You sit there for like forty five minutes to an hour. I need something to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I I was I play MTGO every once in a while, but it's it's really really hard to actually use the touchpad with uh, on my on my laptop because I hate using it. So. You've got two hands. How is it difficult? You can't move the other arm because there's an IV in it. Yeah, I know. But you still have one free hand. What are you doing with it? I don't like using the touchpad. I don't like using it at all. It's just I I hate the touchpad on the laptop. I think it's the stupidest mouse system ever invented. (laughs) So, but, yeah. You're a dirty, dirty freak. What? I was just curious what you're doing with the other hand. What do you think I was talking about? (laughs) Shut up, Peter. All right, so what have I been up to? Um, getting ready for uh, the February tournament. Haven't decided if I want to use Affinity or, De- or Delver. Um, they have announced on that tournament that the winner's going to walk away with uh, Mox Pearl. And uh, second place will get a booster box. And it's a straight-up MTG. It's a popper event. But it's in paper, but they're using MTGO rules, so him to Turok and all that are out. I'm really torn between both decks because I really like Delver Blue, and I think it'll actually, I think it stands more of a chance of, of winning than Affinity as much as I like Affinity. So I'm not sure yet. I'm kind of been on, I've been playing a lot of MTGO, testing both out. Seeing which one, because like I gotta decide what deck I'm gonna use soon, because I'm gonna spend the next, next rest of this month and next month just playing that deck and that deck only. So by the time I get to this tournament, I don't have to really think about it that much, because I've played the deck so much that I'm comfortable just playing, playing it without having to question all my plays. Because it's a twenty-five dollar tournament, and we're talking about a. Six hundred to a thousand dollar card, so I want to make sure I'm I'm playing really really good. So how many rounds is this tournament supposed to be? It's I think it's uh, they're still working the details out, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be four to five rounds, four to five rounds to top eight, depending on how many people show up. I mean, either I think either Delver or Affinity are just excellent decks for. For that long of a stretch, it just depends on what you like to do in your deck more. I think well, Del- I think Delver's a stronger deck, obviously, but yeah. I mean, the thing is, I can play both decks. It's it's not a matter of like, like 
me playing one deck better than the other. I can play both decks effectively, but my biggest concern with this tournament is draws. And, like, I was talking to Dan earlier, and Affinity, you can have bad draws with Affinity. And with my Delver deck, every time I've played my Delver deck, like, if I have an island and a preordain, I'm ready to go. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like island preordain, good to go. Yep. I don't need anything else. I mean, so, I mean, that that's my only worry is the, the dead draw. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that that's my biggest concern is, the like, not playing the deck, but just opening hands. And Delver seems to have better opening hands than Affinity does. So I'm not sure yet, though. I'm still up in the air on it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. And uh, other than that, uh, just uh, getting... Christmas stuff with because everyone's coming to our house and uh, just doing all that stuff. But yeah, that's all I've been really been up to. Yeah. But so right. now, what uh, I think what we get to uh, what everybody was um, mm-hmm. waiting for. Yeah, Jack. Go for it. Hey, Jack. Awesome. Hey. It's all about you, buddy. <laughs> oh <up>? yay. <laughs> So it's kind of unfortunate that you um, happen to like you know get this big role you know this big uh, this big thing happen to you in your life and meanwhile all that pop all that the popper community even gives a crap about is you know the daily events and premiere <laughs> events and everything like that and yeah think, it's all right <laughs> I think you got it kind of lost in the your like announcement got kind of lost in the mix and it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because you know you are a, a pretty big computer. Uh, contributor to the community you've had a couple of a uh, couple of successful brews and uh, you know you're brewing with cards that nobody else is i mean not even not even david chaffer is brewing with some of the cards that you're brewing with and <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks yeah i, I guess like yeah it's, it's different because like i guess like i don't know like it depends like i play a little my goal is a little bit different than like most of the other people in the mtgo community because like Rather than being like a spike, I guess, like and going for like the EVs and stuff, like I'm going, I'm just like I'm a Johnny, you know. I gotta, uh, I, I just, I just like for some, like I mean, poppers, I think like one of those really good brewing formats, because, just because like, I mean, like it's really affordable to do like all these brews. Like you can't like make, you can't like bring a legacy, you can't like brew, make a random legacy brew every week because you're probably gonna, you're gonna be bankrupt, you know, unless you have like all that cash to spend. So, I mean, I think like. So, like, I mean, I think, like, for me, I just see Popper as just a good, like, canvas to uh, brew in, and I think that that's, like, a good reason. Like, other, like, I mean, like, I have started, like, brewing in Heirloom, too, but, I mean, like, that's uh, that's another story. But, yeah, it's, uh, but, yeah, I do understand, I do understand, like, the, uh, all the uh, fuss about daily events, like, being gone and, like, all the controversy, and it's, like, yeah, it's kind of sad, I guess. But, yeah, I, I just hope that, like, everyone's, like, not, like, arguing with each other rather than, like, you know can uh, argue with wizards all you want, but probably, yeah, but, like, hating each other is probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, there's there's quite a bit of controversy right now between uh, some of the big big popper names, but we're not going to go into that too much. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's way more than, yeah, I know. Uh, than the uh, content of this show, but, I mean, so we talked about it a little bit right there. You're, you're a brewer for popper and uh, Magic the Gathering in general, right? It's your bread and butter. Yeah. That's, that's your thing. So, how did you get started playing Magic? 
how I got started playing Magic. I don't know. I was in like uh, sixth or seventh grade, and uh, what was I doing in sixth or seventh grade? I guess like there was a summer program like where uh, we just I, I guess like we were like like taking like I guess we were like in, I was in some kind of summer camp and like uh, one of the counselors had Magic cards and taught us all how to play Magic and I was, and like I was like so like stoked to play Magic I guess and like but like I didn't like my parents like really didn't like want to buy me all these cards and like so like actually like, what I started doing is so what I did is uh I tried to find like the cheapest cards I could find and at that time sadly it was like Portals Three Kingdoms. So like, uh, oh. yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. Like, yeah. I, like the most like, expensive I, set in Magic right now. Yeah, no, I started out buying a bunch of Portal Three Kingdoms cards and like, uh, yeah, and uh, that was so I made my first deck and I was like, yeah, and apparently like everyone was like, wait, why are you playing cards with horsemanship? We can't block those things. And it's like, and like, yeah, and like I guess like everyone thought like my deck was unfair because I was playing five mana three threes with horsemanship. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding, man. Uh, everyone thought, oh, yeah, horsemanship should be eroded to, like, flying or something like that. This was all obviously very casual magic, and, like, apparently no one had anything to do with horsemanship. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that was uh, that's how I started playing magic, was uh, play, basically playing a bunch of crappy Portals Three Kingdoms cards. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't even remember if I have any, like, really... I don't think I have any of the really valuable, like, Zodiac Dragon-like cards, I guess, uh those things are unfortunately a little bit too rare for me, but yeah, that's how I started playing Magic, and um, since then, you know, like uh, I've been pretty much on and off on playing Magic, like some depending on how much work I actually have to do, and uh, but yeah, like uh, I never, I didn't get into Magic online probably until like uh, I guess like 2012 or yeah, something like that. Actually, I think uh, Dan Horning uh, got me inspired yeah. because of his videos, so uh, congrats, Dan. <laughs> Yeah, and like I mean, like I started. Okay, I could uh, do something with this format. So like, uh, I um, really didn't play much when the Storm metagame was out. Not not the uh, Fissure Post, but like the real, like the uh, Empty the Warren stuff. Like I didn't really play much then. But like, uh, I think I started really playing Magic when it was like, yeah, when like Fissure Post was dominating. And so like, uh, I think like the first time I really tried to make a brew that was competitive was like Suicide White. Which um, got I, I got a, I got some four O's with it and it was uh, pretty cool. Like it was just like a white deck that was fast enough to like beat Fissure. So yeah, and that was like so. Then like I guess the rest is history. I started writing more and uh, started brewing more. Apparently, so like people started liking the brews and uh, so yeah. And I guess and I entered a bunch of brews in the Poffer Gauntlet and yeah. I guess that's the and so I and I started the uh, dwelling on the past ser- series just because like. I mean, like, it's for my goal in Magic is to, like, break cards and, like, find new ways to use them. So, uh, so like, and what better way to, than to go through all of Magic his, Magic's history and find the good ones, you know? Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Some of your, some of your brews are a little bit too casual for me. I'm a spike, but, you know, like, the Hunting yeah. Cheetah was really, like, it looked fun, but I was like, that was never going to work. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, you find a card in Master's Edition that hasn't been, like... <laughs> Overplayed and uh, and uh, yeah, and then make a good deck, and then tell, and then ask, then tell me about it, okay? It, it like some of the some of the sets are like impossible, you know. Like there's uh, some slim pickings out there. Yeah, I know. Like, what am I supposed to brew with, man? Oubliette, Oubliette Dreamstalker, go. Totally abuse the Oubliette bug. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but the thing is that other people have been brewing with Dreamstalker. I gotta, like, be unique, you know? Yeah. Wants to think outside the box. Alrighty. Fine. Yeah. So, I guess like, I'm, I'm kind of like a magic hipster, too, I guess. Like, once like someone starts using it a lot, then it's not cool anymore, right? <laughs> Dude, isn't uh, magic like hipster to begin with? What? Isn't magic like hipster to begin with? Like, I don't know. Actually, it uh, rules the world. It rules the world. See, like, I, I guess like, like magic is uh, yeah. From what I've for, from what I've known, I guess like it seems to be like magic is that like really. Is that like nerdy thing that lots of nerds don't really like associate with? I guess because like every like nerds generally like want to be like Star Trek, Star Wars geeks, you know, and yeah. like uh, NFM most of fantasy would be Dungeons and Dragons. So I guess like magic is just like some kind of side hobby, I guess, for some people. So yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what was it? I was talking to like someone, some other kid, at the hotel. And he's like, yeah, magic is a select group of people. I'm like, yeah, magic. The ma- the magic crowd is kind of an elitist group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then like you get even more elite too. Like the, the farther back that since you played magic, like you know, I used to play in Tempest Block, and you know, I was like, wow, that's cool, you know. I, but I was I came to Magic when Weatherlight and Mirage were out. So how about that? You know, it's like yeah. the first the first card I ever like. You know, drooled over was grinning totem. How about that? What yeah. you got now? <laughs> you know? And then, like, you know, my buddy will be like, "Yeah, well, I once held a black lotus. How about that?" Oh man, oh. you got me. No, I've just seen some uh, some conversations where someone's like, "Oh, I get into video games a lot." And then you have that one magic player who's like, "Yeah, well, I play magic," and his attitude's like, "I'm just freaking better than you. I don't care." <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, so magic is like something that really I don't know. It's just not, like for like actually, this is from experience. I think a lot of nerds like uh, yes, being on a TV show, King of the Nerds, the magic doesn't necessarily seem to be like doesn't seem to have that much prestige, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. Unless I, I say, unless you're like you know pro level or something, then then you yeah. might have a little bit of prestige. Yeah. What's prestige like, on King of the Nerds? Well, I mean, like, I guess, like, I don't know. King of the Nerds is just a competition where we do random events. Like, you know, I guess, like, random, like, uh, contests to see who is better than the other person. <laughs> at the internet, I, I don't really know how that really, I don't really know how that equates in real life. But, I mean, uh, I guess, like, you have a, like, um, yeah, you just have like ran. You just have like events. I think like some of the ones that you might have seen on the preview, like there was like you got to see me blow up something. So that's a uh, that is an event that um, nice. would translate to King of the Nerds. But yeah, and like you actually, there are some pretty uh, there are some like, but like I think like in King of the Nerds, as far as the cast is concerned, like it seems that like in card game wise, I think uh, Magic has to take a backseat to Pokemon and maybe Yu Gi Oh too. So. <laughs> That's kind of sad. That's kind of sad. Really? Are, are Magic, are Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, I mean, Pokemon I can understand, but is Yu-Gi-Oh more popular? Yu-Gi-Oh is dying. I thought so. Yeah, but it has an anime on it. There's an anime attached to Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, yeah, I suppose you got that. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I think, like, one of the, uh, yeah, one of the, uh, cast members is the, uh, 
is like Josh Wittencaller, Jay Wits, who has a Pokemon channel and like plays a uh, Pokemon the card game pretty competitively. Yeah. yeah. Uh, huh. You see, I just give my kids Pokemon cards and they rip them up. I mean, my, ki- my kids could have like <laughs> like a forty dollar Mythic Pokemon or something, and they're they're in there like throwing them at each other. <laughs> that's what kids do with Pokemon cards. <laughs> I have no idea. What- like I get my best kids version like, of Pokemon ever. <laughs> Whip them at each other. <laughs> like my kids, uh, I get them like a pack of Pokemon cards every once in a while, right? We were at like Target or something, and they're really good. I try, I try to do like positive reinforcement parenting as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong; I'm not afraid to you know yell and stick the kids in the corner and stuff like that. But you know, I try to do like positive reinforcement training. Like if they're not completely annoying and making me want to completely leave the store and hang my head in shame. <laughs> <laughs> then I might get them something on the way out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good but, idea. Know, Good idea. I find Hot Wheels cars works. It's awesome. They're like ninety seven cents. I have eight year old and a six year old girl. Yeah, it's a little different. Get her Hot Wheels. <laughs> get her Hot Wheels. I, ha- I have a one year old son, and he's not quite to the Hot Wheel Hot Wheel stage yet. He would attempt <laughs> Start to him eat them. He would attempt to eat them and choke on them. So. <laughs> He's he's not quite smart enough for Hot Wheels yet. Uh, so hey, Jack, you mentioned like, about uh, you know a job and everything. So what do you do for a living? Oh, what do I do for a living? Um, I am an MD PhD student, so like I um, am getting my PhD in bioengineering, and I am also a medical student, so I'm studying to be a doctor as well. Are you going to make the zombie strain? Jeez. Uh, maybe one of these days, you know, like uh. When the world pisses me off, you know. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> I know, so like the idea the idea is just don't piss me off, right? Come on. <laughs> Although yeah, like well. actually yeah, it's it is part of like I guess like one of the what a potential career path is actually to work for the C D C and like uh go for the and like basically play the game pandemic in real life, you know. <laughs> it's a fun game. Okay, so this is what's happening. If the zombie apocalypse ever happens, I'm going to find your house, and that's where I'm living. And bring the zombies to you. <laughs> yeah, but I might be the one causing the zombie apocalypse, which might be... <laughs> yeah, that, if in that case, it would probably not be the best idea. <laughs> no. yeah, if he's, 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 this, probably... he's got the entire like fallout plan based, I was like, okay, we're started here, I'm going to chill over here, <laughs> I've got locked away, I've got plenty of supplies, people are going to come knocking at my door, doesn't matter, plenty of zombies around me, they'll get munched down soon enough, I'll go up with spoils. <laughs> Put a whole bunch of treadmills around your house, you'll be fine. Pretty much. <laughs> it's the zombie's worst nightmare. So you got to realize that if, if Jack That's creates the zombie apocalypse, he's probably going to be the first one infected. This is true. Because he's not going to realize that he created the, the, the zombie virus. <laughs> it's just a, huh, this is weird, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm gonna fight out of you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, 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 whatever. <laughs> yeah. Say so. Uh, given that, so basically, what you're saying, Jack, is that you are a full time student. You are rapidly accruing debt. Is that what I'm understanding? No, actually, I do not have any debt because, like, my uh, my medical school and my PhD program are funded. So, Ooh. sweet. Uh, That's nice. nice. So, yeah. I mean, I have a st- I have a salary. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you have a salary? How do you have a salary doing? students uh, work because uh i guess like for like i guess like for the md phd programs like i guess uh because like i mean first of all md phd programs are like eight years long after undergrad so like uh it really is a huge strain on like time it's a huge strain time-wise so like they uh 
So, like, really, like, one of the uh, ways to get people to do MD-PhD is to uh, fund them, you know? Huh. That sounds like, really I cool. mean, so, yeah. yeah. So I actually have the, uh, so I have, like, funding for uh, medical school. I don't have to pay for medical school, and I like, get a salary as well. Yeah, I know someone from, or we have a guy that used to go come to the dugout all the time. He was a level three judge, level three judge for Wizards, and he was like that. He just got all his grants and stuff because he's crazy smart, <laughs> and he go, he pretty much gets paid to go to school. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know. There you go. So you have, you're funded. So why did you decide to to go on you know King of the Nerds for the one hundred thousand dollar prize? I mean, one hundred thousand dollars is nice, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, first of all, like, who wouldn't want to go for $100,000? Exactly. Yeah, and also, like, the other thing is that, like, I mean, like, first of all, like, when I start, when I looked it up, it looked like a joke at first, you know? Like, I thought it was kind of like, oh, haha, maybe, yeah, I'll be on, it'll be fun to be on TV once, you know? Like, it was, like, one of those things I would, like, I just, like, sent them, like, a blurb about myself, not really expecting anything to go through, but, like, actually, like, 10 minutes after I sent that blurb in, like, like one of the casting people called me and told me you should like uh, send an audition tape and like uh, and really like my audition tape I can't I don't think I can show it to you yet like maybe until after like the series is over but like uh, yeah my audition tape was real I, I basically what I did I just got my friend to videotape me for 20 minutes and uh, I sent that in and um, I uh, I guess like I showed like my skills and whatever my MD PhD program is, Magic the Gathering, my other hobbies like fencing and stuff like that. So uh <laughs> yeah, I try, so I showed that I showed it that I showed them like an audition video and uh, once I uh, so then like apparently like uh, a few days a few days weeks later, I think like I got called again saying that oh, you should uh fly out to Los Angeles cuz we're having our final interviews like I think with like 20 people and uh so yeah, and then after that, like I did a producer interview, and um, those people were like, "Dude, you're so awesome!" <laughs> and uh, or I don't, I don't actually know what they said, but like uh, apparently, but I got to show off my skills. Uh, I don't know, like what I, I had to do some, I had to do some performances in front of the producers. Like I tried uh, to wrap the periodic table. So uh, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, sh- yeah, actually, like, uh, yeah, like, they told us, like, uh, to compare ourselves to Magic, the- I told me to compare myself to a Magic the Gathering card, like, and how you would be on the show, and I think I chose Delver of Secrets, so. Oh, the card that makes everybody happy. For you. I, I, heard <laughs> oh, you, I know. And actually, I think, like, um, and I think if you watch, uh, if, if you watch the show, you'll, you might actually see me, I uh, do a re- good Delver of Secrets impersonation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That is so sweet. But yeah, so like that's how, what. So in honor of you, Jack, I'm totally changing the card art on my my MTGO Delver of Secrets to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But um, yeah, so maybe during the show you'll see when I flip. <laughs> <laughs> sweet. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So like that's how like yeah that's how the audition process goes and like really like the. Uh, the thing is that, like, yeah, I think after the audition process, like, we didn't really have any time to, like, uh, we didn't really have any time to, like, uh, relax or anything like that. They just, like, uh, told, like, so then, like, they just, like, told us to, like, uh, told us, like, one day we were going to see each other, like, for the first time, like, me and the other nerds, and uh, we had, um, so, so, like, uh, 
So um, we like so like, basically what they literally do for reality TV is you they literally just like make you meet for the you basically you are uh, you are literally meeting for the first time on camera. And like you, and they just tell you do the challenges like firsthand, like right off the bat. Like they don't like they are like reality. Reality TV is actually a little bit more real than I thought it was. Really, like they made sure that like I didn't know anybody, and like I uh, had to like, and I had to like find out like on camera who everybody was and how to play my game, you know, and uh-huh. like how to win, you know. So, so I've always wondered like. You know, if you watch reality TV shows, you'll see a lot of the time that you have the, the uh, I don't know, I don't know how to, else to better word it, the real world segments, right? Where you have the one person sitting off to the side and they're, they send off their comments about what what's exactly happened at that, at that point in time. Do you have that oh, you show? Yeah, well, you mean confessionals? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, we do have confessionals. Like, yeah, like really like during filming, like the confessionals are the only time that you are allowed to like, you are allowed to say whatever you want without anyone else hearing you. And like, so that's actually a pretty important, that's actually a very important part. Like, and like we did like three or four of these interviews a day and like, uh, and like each one was like 40 to 40 minutes long. Like every other time, like, I guess like all the, like the rest of the time on set is just basically a cameraman follows you around and, uh, and you get mic'd up and you have to like, and then like, so everything you say, everything you do, is uh, they can be can and will probably be used against you, <laughs> and like uh, yeah, so like I mean like at, at first it's kind of like uh, at first it's kind of like a bit like it's kind of nerve wracking, but then like I, eventually like you don't really notice that around you know so it's just like well I mean hey I got a camera on me and I got a mic on me yeah so uh, <laughs> I I do swear a lot like more than I normally I don't really <laughs> swear like much on like in like real life but apparently like. Uh, I think if you see my promo and stuff like that, um, I do swear a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, I watched your promo the other day, and I was like, "Really? I, you know, I." Do, it's kind of funny. I think about um, people who play MTGO, and especially, especially MTGO, and I think, why would they have problems getting girls? You know, like, I, it just seemed like it was so like natural to, to like me and you know David Schaffer is another guy who I podcast with. He's got a girlfriend and. Dan has a wife, and Nate has a wife, and uh, Peter is bisexual, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> so, you know, it, like, it just seems really weird to me, like, watching to you, and I'm thinking, like, you know, this is this is a normal guy. Like, how does he have, tr- how does he have problems with the girls? And I don't understand, Jack. What well, first of all, like, you got to realize that uh, a lot of that stuff is exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that. <laughs> what? Yeah, you didn't realize. You didn't know that people like you, you, know, you know, reality actually like edit things to uh, make it look cooler or funnier or lamer than it actually is. And like, I mean, like for that promo video, like a lot of like, like I mean, like for my the pickup line that I famously messed up on, you know, like I mean that was a blooper. Like I, I thought that was a blooper, but apparently, like my blooper reel made it on. <laughs> for national television, so like you, and that's like I mean, like you never know what they're gonna let they're gonna show off you, you know. Like was, I mean, like, what was your famous so like line? Being, what? What was the famous uh, pickup line you messed up again? Oh, like uh, I wish I were DNA helicase so I could unzip your jeans. <laughs> I love the chiming. Uh, like yeah, I didn't say it that way at first. So like I and like apparently like yeah, so uh, that was like a big focal point of like their personality to me. So like. uh 
Yeah, your MTGO player is going to be a comic relief character, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. Whatever. We still, we still love you. I mean, you made you made the love train. It was the subject of a very funny YouTube video. Dan, you should totally like that one. Shame oh, really? Slug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the famous video where Dan sings the love train. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Might or might not have happened. <laughs> may or may not have involved. Dan's trying to forget the past. <laughs> uh, it was no, dude. The love train was, uh, dude. Yeah, and I really, really enjoyed that Popper Gauntlet run with Love Train. I mean, like going like what eight zero, like, and before falling yeah. in third. It's like, yeah, dude. Dan, good job. Uh, good job brewing that deck. It was so much fun. Yeah, I know. I yeah, like I was like yeah, I think like uh, I guess like I don't know. It's just like one of those like little engines that could because like I yeah, I did not think it was actually going to go that far at all. But apparently, like I guess uh, I guess my decks can surprise me sometimes, even in good ways. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, David Schaffer was talking with him about some of your brews, and he's like, you know, I don't when I pick up JPH Snake's brews, I'm just like. I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah, this is fine and everything. And then, like, as he's playing the deck, he notices little synergies and stuff that you that you obviously, like, pretty much put there intentionally, but, like, are just not that apparent whenever you first look at the deck list that you brew, so. Uh. Yeah, I guess, like, that's, yeah, I guess that's, like, those are those things that, like, you have to worry about when you brew, and I think, like, that's just, like, a, that's a, it's an important part of brewing, I think. Like, that's, like, a... That's a big part, like, I think, in terms of, like, how to make a successful brew. Like, uh, you can't just, like, uh, I mean, like, a lot of people just, like, look at one or two interactions and be like, okay, those are going to be the good interactions I'm going to focus the rest of my deck on. But really, like, I think what the little synergies are what make a brew successful or not successful, you know? Yeah. I think you have another scale, actually, as a brewer. Uh, on my YouTube channel, I, I don't brew much, but I talk to a lot of brewers. And your play instruction guide for Love Train was a unique piece of work. It was amazing. It was the best instruction, uh, instructions for playing a magic deck I ever seen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Love Train is like, I'm going to try to fix Love Train, but like, I don't know, with the uh, new mono black control with the gray merchants, it's uh, just one turn too fast, I think. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I was fine with the mono black, the MBC with, uh, corrupt and stuff like that, but I mean, like, with the gray merchant, just like, cause like, cause like, Love Train doesn't play removal, so it's just like, ah, so it's just like, once you hit, once they hit, like, the five mana for gray merchant, it's like, it's just like, it's just like, it's just not fair anymore, you know? Yeah. Cause you don't have removal, you can't, like, remove all their double black creatures or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I linked a, um, Another love train brew in the in the Skype chat there, JPH Snake. It's got it got second in this play run event. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this guy probably took some inspiration from you because I know he, I know he definitely wa uh, watches my videos. Oh, you know, like the voyage after and uh, yeah, he's got the voyaging Seder and all that other in the uh, you know free from release. Yeah. Running Giga Drows and oh, yeah, so. This guy's going for the Arbor Elf Voyaging Seder uh, mix for his uh, Love Train brew, but works fine. So I figured you might want to check that out and see if you want to expound yeah, upon no, his I list. Brew with it too. Like I think, like 
Yeah, I, I'm really trying to decide, like, which way I'm going to go. Like, if I'm going to go pure combo with that and, like, just, like, be one and done with the combo or, like, do a more aggro route, like, I guess, like, I guess, like, with, like, if you make, like, 20 use some mana, like, you can play four Orox herds, right, and then win next turn. Like, that, that's a viable win condition, right? Especially with, like, mono black control. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so, I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to, right now, like, one of the things I really want to like, one of the things with, like, freed from the real decks is what to do with infinite mana, actually. Like, I mean, like, I guess, like, one of the things is that, like, is the format slow enough that you don't necessarily need to win that the turn you go off, especially if you're going to go off on turn two or three, you know, so. Yeah. I'd like so, to I mean, yeah. That's, so there's, yeah, there's, and there's also, two like, ways you can go with combo decks right now. It's, uh, do you want the consistent turn four or five, or do you want the, uh, you know, risky turn two or three? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, and I guess like uh, like right now, I think that's like the difference between like the uh, like the new free from the real bruise with voyaging stature, which is a lot riskier but also faster, and I think the original love train, which is I mean like with all those like with every creature being at least three toughness, it's like really it is actually a lot more. It's actually more resilient. It's a lot more resilient than like most people give it credit for. So yeah. You just uh, you run into the same disruption problem that the uh, all the all the combo decks have, and yeah. So I guess like yeah, I really like the thing for me is like I don't know whether or not to like uh, do an aggro route. Like if like I don't have the combo, I can just like play a bunch of things like Orox herds or something like that, and uh, just beat them down, or like uh, or just like say I screw it, I'm just gonna try to disrupt their disruption, you know? Yeah. I think the, the the biggest problem that I see with all the free from the real decks is that they just you you have to protect a creature right you have to protect your arboreal for your axe pain guardian or your voyaging satyr for a turn and that's really yeah. that's really rough with the monoplay control and you know with affinity cycling through their deck as soon as they know what you are then they're gonna save that galvanic blast. Yeah, but I mean, like, the one good thing about it is that there are still a lot of people who do not know this deck, so I mean, like, it's uh, you, like, it's pretty, like, sometimes like, you can't just get a free win just because you don't, like, the other guy doesn't know what you're doing yet. Yeah, you Until know. Until it's too late. You always get free <laughs> wins off of, the, off of things like that. Um, so I've been running Mono Blue Control recently in K's, and people don't know how to sideboard against Mono Blue Control. They think that they sideboard the exact same way that they do against Delver, but that's not the way it works at all, right? Like, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't sideboard the same because Mono Blue Control is not relying on spell structure sprites to counter spells. They're using hard counter spells and stuff like that. So people, I've had people miss sideboard against me a lot. Like if um, there was a Azorius Kitty player who sideboarded Circle of Protection Blue against me, we're playing Mono Blue Control. I'm like, I don't care. I've got Spire Golems. You know, <laughs> I'm running four Spire Golems. I can beat through. It doesn't matter. You're running those Circle of Protections. So. Yeah, it's always good to have rogues, uh, a rogue deck, because people will miss sideboard against you a lot. And I hear, um, if you guys watch Grand Prix coverage, the uh, the Orzov control player, yeah. he, that's, he won a lot of his matches because people just sideboarded as if he was mono-black control, or as, he, as if he was a mono-black devotion deck. And, like, so people would bring in things that were good against mono-black devotion that weren't necessarily good against his deck is the Orzov player. So. Yeah, no, actually, I get, yeah, when I play, like, whatever Brewer I'm playing, I, I do get a lot of that, I think. Like, yeah, I get a lot of, like, WTF sideboard 
part. Yeah. Like, yeah, actually brought that against me is like, so well, it's one of those things that like, yeah, that is the, that is like the one competitive advantage of having a rogue booter is just that no one really knows how to play against it. And so like, as long as you keep, I guess like if you're me, who's kind of like neurotic and try, or like, it kind of, and like tries to play a different deck like every two weeks or something like that, it's, uh, yeah, like, uh, people really, like, I guess, like, when they're, like, I guess when a lot of people play me, I think I've heard that, like, yeah, they, no one knows what I'm playing, so, like, they just, like, don't really know how to play against me, I guess, but, uh, then again, like, then again, like, since I don't have, like, since I'm playing a brew every two weeks, I have to, like, really, ch- I, I, I don't know if I, I don't play my own brews so optimally either, I don't think so. Yeah, it's getting really hard. Yeah, it's really hard, like, especially because, like, you gotta, because, like, especially because I'm brewing, like, different types of decks, aggro, combo, control, you know, it's, uh, you get, like, and, like, the thing is that you have to, like, have different mindsets every time, and, uh, so, and, like, yeah, and I guess, like, the thing is that, like, because I want to make a new deck all the time, you know, it's just, like, it's just really hard to keep up, like, the play style, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. I had to, um, I'm, I'm having to do that every week now, too, is I'm having to choose new decks to play for my pure articles, because, like, you know, nobody wants to see me play the same deck every week. It's just kind of it'll get kind of boring that way. But uh, how long can you keep that up? I don't know. As long as as long as uh, JPH snakes are you know as long as Jack keeps is start sending me brews, I can keep it up for a while. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I guess like uh, if we want to talk about like that dwelling on the past article, I think my latest one was uh, Red Deck Wind. So uh, it seems a. Uh, I don't know. I think it's like one or two good cards away from like being a real deck. <laughs> just needs like I, I think it just it needs a one drop. It really just needs a good one drop. I think it's a. Yeah. Are you playing enough creatures that you can play mod conscripts, or are you are running already running mod conscripts. I'm not running mod mod conscripts. I mean, like I can maybe attack once or twice with it, but I feel like I don't know. Like I. Yeah, like it's it's really a different. It's just, it's a like that like one spot is just like uh, either jackal familiar mod conscripts like Kelvin, uh, Halberd ears or something like that. I mean they're not really great. or Forge Devil. I guess I can try to main deck Forge Devil. I think there's enough creature decks out there, but I mean like yeah, it's a uh, it's really hard to like uh yeah like that that like one that like big one slot the the, the one that goes opposite to like a Foundry Street and a Chrome Crusader. Yeah, that well, that's like that's what's really killing the brew right now. So it's like just that one more one more good one drop, and I can uh, and it can be pretty consistent. I think so. It's like if there's ever like a red elite vanguard that was common, you know, <laughs> come on wizards, got to do that. <laughs> yeah, they're printing Rakdos cacklers at uncommon now, so I don't think that's ever gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, no, I mean, come on, what is what is, man? Just uh, give me a bone, wizard. You know, throw me a bone. <laughs> Yeah, I like know, they seem to think that like two t- two power at one drop spot is probably at least worth an uncommon. Yeah, that's true. Without some big downside to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm okay with downside, right? Mod Conscripts is a pretty significant downside, so does Jackal yeah. Familiar, so yeah. give us some... Oh, give and some Rakdos Caster can't flaw, come on! Yeah. It's <laughs> huge, right? Who, who wants to do that with a red one drop? Nobody wants yeah. to, nobody wants to block with a red one drop. That's not a downside at all. I well, yeah, but I mean, that's the, but that's not the pitch I'm going to give wizards. You know, like I'm going to you got to love you got to love like you got to love blocking. You know, because <laughs> combat math and staying alive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how you uh, play magic, right? So <laughs> yeah, I was I was playing some uh, goblins the other day, and goblins loves blocking. 
They really do. The, the it's a, it's a really deck. defensive deck. I mean, all around. Yeah. It's a really defensive yeah. deck that can just turn four kill you if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to use like uh, a Crone Crusader here, I think that's basically what you're trying to do with this deck, right? Because otherwise, Goblins is just yeah. better. You're just trying to make use of a, a Crone Crusader. So. Well, yeah. The thing about a Crone Crusader that uh, but like. I've seen some people, like, when I draft Theros, if I'm running red, I'll try getting as many as I want, I can get. Because, uh, Turn Crusader, like, yeah, it's a 1-1, one, 1-drop, one, one 1-1, one, which a lot of people, like, for some people, like, I've seen some newer players, they're like, oh, it's no good, it's just a 1-drop, one, one If a Crone Crusader is left alone, it is just backbreaking. Because <laughs> he just keeps bringing dudes out. And getting bigger yeah. and more scary. <laughs> like I mean, like with the new red deck wins deck I made, like a lot of times they just go like what turn one Foundry Street, turn two a Crone Crusader with a Reckless Charge, and that's just eight damage right there. And like yeah. turn, three, you don't have to use another card. You just like flashback Reckless Charge and like yeah. do another eight. So I mean, like and then like all of a sudden like like in a lot, a lot of like people because right now like Popper's getting slower and like not dirtling anymore. It's, a lot of people are just dirtling around. Like I mean. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have the blockers to just handle a Chrome Crusader or Foundry Street or any of those, like, random 1-1s. One, one. So, like, uh, so yeah, and then before they know it, they're at four. And, like, yeah, I play a Circle of Protection. You don't have the mana to avoid it. So, like... <laughs> Go ahead, play nothing during your turn and just stop everything. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, uh, that's like the philosophy of my new red deck wins. It's actually, like, more, rather than, like, being, like, goblins, I think it's more, like, stompy, I guess. Like, uh, just, uh... But, like, yeah, it's a... But, I mean, like, I think it's still... But then again, I think it has, like... One, I think it's about one... I think it's about one or two good cards a bit short. I need, I'm still, like, praying for that red one-drop, you know? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. Did we miss anything about King of the Nerds? Like, how was your overall experience with it? Because, like, I assume you're not doing it anymore. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Yeah, I know. Like, actually, yeah, you can ask me. Like, basically, you can ask me any questions you want about King of Nerds, as long as you're not trying to like spoil the results. Um, yeah. 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 So, like, uh, King of the Nerds, it's pretty. Uh, my overall experience was pretty good. I got to meet a lot of interesting people. Like, uh, like I mean, like you get a, you really they do really at least try to. I mean, like I know like when with reality TV show casting, you know, like uh, especially with like something as like nerds are really proud of themselves. You know, like they a lot of people like to say, oh, you have to do, be able to do X or Y to be a nerd. You know, like. Uh, and so, like, uh, but they, I think, like, they did a pretty good job in casting. Like, they, we have a pretty diverse set. Like, uh, we have a lot of, like, people who, like, uh, who have, uh, who are just generally, like, students and, like, who have, like, are engineers and scientists. And, uh, we all, but we also have, like, people who really like, uh, who, like, I guess are YouTube sensations or I don't know what you call those. Uh, we also have, yeah, people who, like, have hobbies, like, that are just, like, anime-ish or Star Trek-ish, you know, so, like, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty uh, good balance of, like, what, like, your average nerd would be. So I think it's a – and I got to meet some cool people, and I still talk to each and every one of them right now. So, like, uh, like I mean, like, at least for me, I don't really have that many hard feelings towards anybody. <laughs> how many yeah. were there? What? How many, how many were there at the start? Uh, there were 11. Right. Ooh. So, yeah, there were 11 at the start. Like, so how the uh, – oh, yeah, so how the uh, – show is broken down is that like 
every, like, so there are eight episodes, and there are eight hour-long episodes, I think, um, and uh, what you do, what happens is that, like, at, until the last episode, there's a person who gets eliminated, like, each episode, until, like, there's four people left, and then the last episode's, like, the finale, where all, th- all but one get eliminated, um, at each, like, so you start the first episode by picking a team. This is all if you, like, watch the first season, too, I guess, like, uh, but you pick a team, and, uh, uh, and you, what you do at the beginning of each episode is do, like, a challenge called a nerd war, which is, like, uh, which is a team challenge. Like, I think there was, like, uh, one that was, like, for example, one of them was, like, robot dodgeball, science fairs, like, those are all things that, like, you would have gotten from the previews, uh, like, so you do, that's a team challenge, and then, like, so if you won the team challenge, you're safe. Um, if you lost a team challenge, you have to, uh, like, you you have to send one of your people home, which, like, what you do is you, like, vote for one of your members, and then your the other team actually gets to vote for one of your members as well. And then those two people have to do something called a nerd off, which uh, is a, which is basically another challenge, a one-on-one challenge in, like, the, uh, person who loses has to get sent home so like really like i think a lot of like a lot of my my strategy actually to play that game is to uh try to like not be the best or worse because like if you're the best like the other team well if you lose something the other team's just going to send you to the chopping block and like if you're the worst your team's going to do that so i mean like uh going to try to like uh be as mediocre as possible Let's. Yeah. I I watch a lot of the like Gordon Ramsay shows. I watched uh, I watch uh, Hell's Kitchen and uh, um, the Master Chef, and that's that's pretty much what it comes down to on those shows too. The one team wins; they're free from elimination, and then it comes down to if you're really really good, they try eliminating you. If you're you've screwed up big time in the last team, the last team challenge, they try to eliminate that person. Yeah, that's so, about right. So stay in the middle, you're good. <laughs> I know, like that's how you, that's how you live. I mean, I don't, but obviously, if you guys have no idea if my uh, strategy worked or not, yeah. but but, uh, but that was my strategy going in, uh, trying to like. Uh, but actually, it's a. Uh, I feel like I was pretty well adept to that because like uh, one of those really weird things about me is that I actually don't know much about Star Wars or Star Trek. So, uh, <laughs> so that worked like, out. Yeah, for you, huh? Yeah, I know. I spend too much, like, I mean, like, after, like, besides, like, uh, I mean, like, because I do spend a lot of time, like, in school and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, and I uh, fencing and magic are basically my only two hobbies, and after that, there's not really much I got, you know? Well, with going to school for what you're going to school for, there's lots of study time, and then trying to fit in enough time to play magic and fence. Yeah, there's not much that, and with, with only, you know... You're awake time, being awake during the day. Yeah, there's not much time there to do anything else, really. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'll say Nate works yeah. in a hotel and he barely, barely plays magic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, but I try to cram in as much magic as I can, like, uh, but yeah, it's not necessarily the easiest, but uh, I try. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, cool. any other questions, or? I don't know, I think, uh, you got anything else you want to say about King of the Nerds? It's, it sounds like yeah, a really cool show, and I'm yeah. definitely going to watch it. All right. So, yeah, I hope you guys do watch it. It's on a TBS, uh, 9 o'clock. Or, no, wait. It's 9 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. I, no, wait. 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern? Yeah, like 7 o'clock Pacific. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, 
It's uh yeah, it's it's an American TV. Sorry, Dan, but uh, you can probably <laughs> will, they, will they have it on the website afterwards? If you have Hulu, it'll be on Hulu. I, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, what so, that is. yeah, you can probably find it online somewhere. So uh, it's yeah, I know for a fact it's on Hulu because TBS does TBS posts all their shows on Hulu Plus. Okay. So oh, okay. you just get it a week later, like when the show airs on on TV, like. Within five days of it airing, it, it's on Hulu Plus already because I do nothing but stream. I don't have any regular TV anymore. See, I was hoping it was like like one of those vote things, and like I could set up some like bots or something on my computer to like vote for you a million times. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, it's already over. Like, uh, and like I think last year there was a lot of controversy because like uh, the the winner last year was a popularity contest. So like. Uh, I think they're trying to do away with that. Ah. Yeah. Because, like, that's like being a nerd. Like, you're, that's inherently you're unpopular, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Or actually, I, actually, one of the things that I don't know is, like, I don't really know what a nerd is anymore. Because, like, I mean, that's a... Because, like, everyone says they're a nerd in something. But, I mean, yeah. like, I don't... You know, I think like, my yeah. definition of nerd is, is like... Like, I mean... Yeah. Like, do you have to be unpopular to be a nerd? Do you have to, like, Star Wars to be a nerd? I mean, like... Uh, I don't really think yeah. so, because you have, you have football nerds, right? You have those guys yeah. who can, like, who can rattle yeah, like, off the statistics for the... They can, yeah. they can rattle off, like, the Chicago Bears roster from 1967 or something like that. Yeah. I, I consider that guy a nerd, because I'm not going to memorize that. Well... But I think this... a nerd is basically just anybody who's, like, really obsessed with something. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a popper nerd, right? I don't consider myself a magic nerd, because... I barely keep up with any other formats of popper, but I, I yeah. obsess over popper, right? That's my that's my thing. Well, I guess the thing is like you like nerds and geeks. Like what back when I was in school, I played Magic. We were considered nerds for playing Magic or whatever. But if you look at the way pop culture is gone, pop culture, what we considered like back when I was in school, when I the stuff I was doing was considered was considered nerdy, is now mainstream. So like like nerd and geek culture has pretty much taken over the mainstream and like your your jocks and everyone who played lots of sports they're the ones that are the weird ones nowadays. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure if you still if you played sports back then you're still probably uh, yeah. sports are still pretty popular right now. Well, they are, but I'm like, <laughs> so I like I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I would just say that it's more acceptable to you know to be a ridiculous like Doctor Who fan or something like yeah. that. It's like it's more acceptable. Yeah, it's way more acceptable. You're not you're, it's not a group of 10 people in your high school anymore. Yeah. It's a group of, you know, it's a, you know, Wait, one, out of, people one out of four people probably watch Doctor Who, you know. So that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah no, that's actually true. Like there's a lot of Doctor Who fans on the show, I think. So uh that's because Doctor Who is an amazing so, show. So, do you like Doctor Who? I have yet to watch it, but I want to. What is your problem? Watch Doctor Who. I'm a Doctor Who nerd, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of guessed. Yeah, so, like, I mean, yeah, like, uh, there are, like, a lot of the people are, uh, yeah, so, yeah, just to let you know, I think a lot of the people are, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are, uh, uh, Pokemon fans, I think, anime fans in general, like, uh, we have a magical girl anime fan apparently, and uh, like uh, there's some pretty big Trekkies out there. So, uh, <laughs> so if you're interested yep. in any of those things, uh, not so much Star Wars. I think there might be a like. I mean, I think every like most people like Star Wars or like on the show, but I mean, like there's not there's maybe one or two people who are super obsessed with it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek's bigger. Um, well, I uh, I have to. Um, <laughs> 
there is a Swedish podcast called Mega Nerd, where two pretty hot chicks uh, are, who are extremely nerdy uh, into anime, etc., try to define what a nerd is. Oh. And, uh, I'm going on that show uh, the next time they record, I hope. Woo! I might be the king of the nerds. I may or may not. Yeah, you should be on it. Absolutely. <laughs> That'd be sweet. So, hey, I wonder, like, can we, like, go over each week with you? Like, just have, like, a little guest thing every other week or so? Like, hey, Jack, guess what happened on, you know, King of the Nerds? Yeah, you can. I Yeah, you can. Like, uh, yeah, I can, like, uh, you can do that. Like, I, I wouldn't mind. Okay. That'd be sick. We'll set it up. But yeah, so like, yeah, I can, uh, I can like go and talk, give a few, like, give my spiel about what happened. Like, uh, there's gonna be some fun stuff. There's gonna, I'm gonna have some opinions. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, this person was horrible. This person was horrible. <laughs> oh yeah, no, come on. Like, okay, think of it. The other thing that you have to realize on the show is like that. It's like it's something that you've never really like. Uh, it's something that you like. It's something like you now you can't really like like describe until you've actually like been on it. Like, like the thing is that like I've definitely said things that I would never have said when <laughs> I was uh, on the sh- if I were like in real life about people and stuff like that. It's uh, it's I because like the thing is it's a social experiment. What they actually do is they um they lock you in a house. You can't like you and every single aspect of your life is controlled. Like, you, they control, like, the food you eat, they control the people you interact with, like, even, like, the, like, yeah, they, and they control, like, where you can, can you go here, can you go there, they control, like, whatever fun activities you can have, they make you, like, do, like, these uh, activities that, like, where, because there's $100,000 involved, and there's, like, uh, and, like, people get eliminated, and people, there are some pretty hurt feelings, you know, and, like, people get mad, and, like, I guess you have to realize that, like, a lot of the people who like, a lot of the people, including myself, how they act isn't necessarily how it's going to be in real life, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, like, the other thing is that, like, besides all the drama, like, I think the good thing about King of the Nerds is also a pretty big, like, proponent of comedy. So, like, there's going to be a lot of really funny things. So, like, I think you would really enjoy watching me on the show. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it. I don't get into much reality TV, but if it involves cooking or something nerdy, I'm good. I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah. So it's different than most reality TV shows. It's like, because, uh, like, the challenge, like, it's not just, like, 11 drama queens. Well, maybe it is, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that up to the show's editors to decide for me who is the drama queen. But, uh, Jack, who was, the, who was the biggest nerd on the show, then, apart from you? Who, besides me? I don't yeah. know. They're all pretty nerdy, you know? Like, uh... <laughs> Like I, I personally think that like <clears throat> I personally think that people who get eliminated early are probably nerdier because like I mean like if you get excluded from your if you get excluded from nerds I mean like shouldn't that make you a big nerd? Oh, it should. <laughs> should. So nerdy that not even the nerds will accept you. Oh. That's really bad. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, like I think, so I am pretty, so I like, what I would say is like, people who got eliminated early are probably nerdy, like the nerdiest people out there, so, uh, uh but you have to watch the first episode, because I'm not telling you who got eliminated first. Alright. Yeah. Alright. Well, we've got three viewers for that. 
So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I think we've talked enough about King of the Nerds. It sounds really sweet. Yeah. Um, yes. We can talk so about awesome. the metagame and all that good stuff now, too. Yeah. So, so there's awesome a metagame? You got on the show and <laughs> there is a metagame. No, there's not. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> there's a King of the Nerds metagame. <laughs> oh, man. It's... I'm really interested to see how that goes down. <laughs> It's the social game, you know. Just uh, yeah. you got you gotta you gotta convince people whether they, they should kick you out or not. It's just it's very much like the ma- magic meta game. You gotta ch- you gotta uh, gotta figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Um, do we go into this? Uh, ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, the meta game. Uh, this some of this was some of this is older stuff because obviously we didn't go over it last week. Chris did, did the the other show with uh, the announcement of the dailies being gone. Which good job, Chris. That was awesome. I was like really really sick last week. It hey, sucked. Yeah, I totally I totally forgot about that. I I, I was see. super sick. I listened to the episode and thought it was great. Yeah, it was really big, good. Yeah, big shout out to Joshua Clater and uh, Samuel Calkin because they. They really came through, and yeah, because I felt horrible having to having to having to let people know that because I really didn't wanted to do the show, but I was just sick as a dog. It sucked, but uh, but yeah. So great job last week, Chris, on that. That was awesome doing that. Thank you. Um, but so this is an older one. It was a Deluxikov did a, his Soul Sisters deck, and he got he got second place. And uh, and the uh, the eight mans which are lame, so that's pretty cool. Um, that his basic it's the basic Soul Sisters deck, but just to mention that because Deluxicop is another one of those people that writes a lot of really good articles. Shout I out to him. Run into an Isset control deck and lose to that. Yeah, that must be rare. Yeah, so. So they had that deck there. I, I played Soul Sisters. The it's it's a fun deck to play, but uh, it if you can get I I think I playing against it. If you can take out the big creatures that gain life, it, the deck does fall apart. But other than that, if you can get them out there and just keep playing creatures, you just crush win. It's fun to do. Like a lot of the Lux Curse decks, uh, yeah, it's up aggro and loses to control. Yeah, so there's that deck. Uh, standard pop results. This is another older one. I'm pretty sure there's newer ones. Uh, basically, uh, the meta game is looking like a lot of what's this one? A lot of black. A lot of black. Yeah, <laughs> all the black. All the black. There's only, there's only three of the top eight are black in this one. Yeah. So. It's still 37.5%, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you yeah. punched the numbers like that. You know, <laughs> I, I start to understand why you're on the show, why you were on that show now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all clear. Yeah, 38% of the metagame is mono black. <laughs> yeah. This looks well, quite, probably quite healthy, actually. Uh, yeah, it's standard popper is looking pretty healthy right now. I keep yeah, trying I to get it would be popper. all. All uh, gray merchant at this point, but it definitely isn't. Yeah. Now I keep trying to get into standard popper, and it's like, ugh, it's it's so depressing because I'll like, I'll play something and then I'll lose to like some stupid hexproof deck or something like that, and then like, 
I go to something else, and it's like, oh no. So I go to I go to something that can beat the hexproof deck, and then I'll play like against like mono black control or something like that. Like, oh. <laughs> I hate I hate my life. Right, I'm just, screw standard popper. Well, being that, oh, well, don't say that about standard popper. Yeah, I, I yeah you know what? Pop. I I joined the standard popper players clan on on Moto. So nice. uh, shout out to them, those guys, Adner and Bigby and Gwynd. They're all like yeah. huge advocates for standard popper. Yeah. Well, I can definitely agree with you though. It is frustrating losing to hexproof, and I like I've, everyone's heard me say before. Like, it's the one deck you lose to. And you're like, I don't care, never again. Like, <laughs> anyone's looked at any of my brews. Like, why do you have six cards for hexproof? Because never again. That's why. <laughs> Jack, uh, I have a challenge for you. No. Oh. <laughs> In uh, February, we are starting the standard pauper gauntlet. Oh! So I have to produce at least uh, three brews. <laughs> wow, standard popper. Yeah. So, like, would that be after Born of the Gods then? Or? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it would. Yeah. It's All right. uh, well, about so. uh, four weeks into after Born of the Gods. All right, so you're giving me a challenge then. Yeah. <laughs> No, Standard Popper's card pool is so small, though. Yes. <laughs> All right, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll try. I'll try a couple brews. I'll see how it goes. You know. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, now I'm gonna move over to the shameless plug for that. Uh, it's me, Brennan uh, Cerulean on MTGO, and Avery sixty one. Uh, Brennan is gonna be the player primarily, and we're gonna run it for. Uh, about two months, starting uh, late February. Uh, I'm gonna talk about it until you're, until you hate me when <laughs> time comes. <laughs> no problems. That just means we need to put our bets down again once the gauntlet starts. Yep. Sounds sweet. Uh, I choose Demir Mill. Mm. I knew you would. I want to know what their, I want to know what our lists are first. But son of a gun, Chris, I was gonna call that one. <laughs> if not Demir Mill, then Hexproof. I'm gonna, choose, I'm gonna choose whatever Chris doesn't, just because I can. I, you know, I'm a big fan of you guys doing exactly what you did the last time, which was bet on decks to win the it's, whole thing. But then you get every, and then every I get other the five deck. tickets because it's five tickets. I don't give a crap. <laughs> you didn't bet five. You only bet like two or three. No, I, I, bet I bet five. I bet five. Both bet five. Ah, uh, whatever. I don't it's care. Better. It's five tickets. It's like five just, bucks. I don't give a shit. That was five bucks free money to me. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to be excited about five dollars, my life is good. I have three kids. I'm excited about any money. Quarter! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found a quarter the other day on the side of the road, and it was actually really sweet because I had... Uh, I had two other quarters in my pocket from something else, so I could buy so, a bag of Cheez-Its from a vending machine. It was so exciting. It was amazing. Yeah. So you, man, wow, you have three kids and you manage to keep your pocket change? That's awesome, because, like, at my house, I have the pocket change mafia. Yeah. They, See, like, the trick is he keeps it above head height. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> no. They jump. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. They, ju- yeah, your kids they can get- jump over your head. You you'd be amazed what kids will do. Yeah, no, my kids they oh, don't no, even I don't jump. Darn well, what they will do, but still, my kids they don't even jump. You walk through the door and they know I've been to the store because I use cash now again, and they literally look at me and like, "Where's your change, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> so they're taking your lunch money, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, it's it's. I walk into the door. I walk into the door to three bullies. I walk into the door to three bullies. 
I think Nate is the king of the nerds. He's getting bullied by his children. He can literally <laughs> ground them, and he's getting bullied by his children. Go to your room after the change. Okay, here's, your, here's my 35 cents. Can you go to your room now? We're going to play with our toys. <laughs> okay. So. Can you do it. Well, Although, actually, yeah, one one more thing. Like, you can actually apply to be on the show. Like, uh, I think they're casting for next season, maybe sometime later on in the year. So, cool, sweet, right. yeah. All right, do it, Chris. Uh, I don't think I could take my. How long did it take you, uh, Jack? Like, how long was the actual, uh, like the whole event, King of the Nerds event? Well, I mean, it was a few weeks, actually. It wasn't really, like, the entire thing was a few weeks long. Like I say, like, it was like, it was like two, or, two weeks, three weeks? Well, it depends on, I guess, like, how long it lasts, right? Yeah. Okay. Chris, I think... I'm, I'm think sorry, that, was, that was not me fishing for results there. I was actually like, you know, how long was the whole time frame? Well, they, they've had, yeah, like, the entire filming process, I think, is like three weeks or something like that. Okay. I'll say that, that was not me fishing for results, Jack, sorry. Chris. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not a bad person, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, I, I'm giving the link out to TBS, so like they're probably gonna have they're gonna have some fun. Uh, they're gonna have I, and I, like I, they'll tell you if like there's something that like we probably shouldn't be saying, but yeah. Tomorrow we had a cease and desist order from TBS. <laughs> Just, you guys gotta stop this. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, they I know for a fact in the past they've had military personnel on stuff like that. So yeah, well, I mean, Chris, it's, not, it's not the military what, thing. What would your application look like? Uh, sorry, hi, I'm this navy guy, and I'm well spoken. I have this family and a loving wife, and I'm a nerd. I promise. I promise. <laughs> I'm a nerd. I can talk Just, to. I, I, I love- host two. I host two Magic the Gathering podcasts. Oh, yeah, that's quite nerdy, actually. It is. <laughs> it is. I know it is. I hate podcasters. Oh. <laughs> what? Ouch! <laughs> Love you too, Dan. Did I say that? Sorry. So you hate yourself. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Self-hating caster. Not, uh, I am my biggest fan, so I think that's okay. I think I can, I think I can gloat enough. But, uh, you know, I, I am, I'm a pretty big, like, I'm a Doctor Who nerd, and... Uh, like a supernatural nerd, I love supernatural, right? And good I'm show. A nerd about, I'm a nerd about a lot of things. Yeah. But speaking of gloating, you gonna tell us how well you've been doing on the dailies lately? Uh, yeah, I haven't lost like at all. Outside <laughs> of the premiere event this weekend, I have like been top two of like every eight man that I've entered, and I've, then I played my first daily event with Theros Block Constructed, and I'm playing this like Naya deck, and I went three one in my first Naya, like my first. Uh, non-popper event since January. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I haven't been losing. I played, um... There's... One of the brews that uh, Deluxecoff showed off to me and David Schaffer was this, like, this hybrid hexproof stompy deck. And that's the second one that I linked right there. Um, so the deck that... The deck is now... Like, the way we have it right now is uh, 17 forests, 4 glade cover scouts... Four Nettle Sentinels, four Sahana Ledge Walkers, four Scargan Pit Skulks, Slippery Boggles, Vault Scourges, three Young Wolves, four Bone Splitters, Hunger of the Halpack, Rancor, Vines of Bastwood. And basically the idea is you just want every single one of your threats to be ginormous, right? It, like you can play a 1 1. Like your Glade Cover Scouts and your Slippery Boggles don't have the same utility that they do in Hexproof, but 
There, yeah. you know, if you have two bone splitters out on the table, it doesn't matter. There's still five ones. They're right? a pain to deal with. Yeah, your opponent <laughs> has to answer. And they have and to then, give. If they want to block it, a creature dies. <laughs> yeah, and then like, and we're capitalizing on this because every time they deal with one of your creatures, you have the threat of one of four hunger of the Howl pack is going morbid. Which uh, <laughs> that's always fun. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love Hunger the Hull Pack. Yeah. So, like, you can make, you know, a giant Sohana Ledgewalker or a giant Volt Scourge you know, yeah. on the matchup. And then, like, even worse, you have uh, the Four Binds of Bastwood. You have the Four Binds of Bastwood to uh, to protect your creature, so their removal spells aren't even necessarily going to work, you know? Yeah. So, like, even though the creatures look bad and, like, they don't have the same utility as Stompy, and you don't have all the pump spells that Stompy does. It's, it still works deceivingly well, and so that was the first deck that I played with. And I play, I mean, I won so much with that deck, but uh, then I moved over. Chatter of the Squirrel. Yeah, uh, Chatter of the Squirrel. That card is so good. I love that card now. <laughs> Yay, squirrels! <laughs> Cutest poker card ever. It's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What it. Speaking of the things, since we're coming back to the end of the year too, and we're going to do the year's end review of things, that's that's going to definitely, I think, a candidate for the cutest card of a uh, Shadow of the Squirrel. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, Shadow of the Squirrel, same same principle, right? You're just making another guy, and you're you're bringing in Shadow of the Squirrel for uh, mono black control. Basically, if they if they somehow have enough removal spells to call your, take care of all your things, Shadow of the Squirrel still is another thing that you can throw bone splitters yeah. on. Yeah. You know, and I, I I know there was one game where I attacked my opponent with a ten ten chat uh, squirrel. It was pretty awesome. You know, a ten ten squirrel is no longer a chatter. That's a booming <laughs> voice. What are you talking about? It's the most terrifying squeak you'll ever hear. <laughs> yeah, as it rumbles through the trees, knocking trees over. So don't worry, he's just foraging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other deck that I played with, and I moved over to. Uh, to a different deck for my Saturday or for my pure article for Monday, and that was Mono Blue Control. Uh, and Mono Blue Control actually won one of the premier events this weekend. Uh, it's a deck by a guy named Serial Serial Kinder. Yeah, uh, is how you pronounce the the name there. It's Mono yeah, Blue Control. He's been grinding Delver forever. Yeah, he, yeah. he's been a long time like a Delver Fairies player, but for ever since for the pre- premier events, he moved over to Mono Black or Mono Blue Control. Which is an interesting choice that you moved away from Delver, which I think has, you know, and has a much more like aggressive plan to Mono Blue Control, which plays entirely differently. Yeah. So, I don't know about changing things up. Miscalculation. I love that card. Yeah, and his list is. I mean, I, I played a little bit, a slight variation on his list. He has a Mold Drifter in the sideboard, and I have uh, a third Serrated Arrows. But, yeah. You know, essentially, I played his list. I didn't know that was his list. I sort of. I watched one of the replays of his uh, of him in the event, and I sort of put the deck together based yeah. on the best knowledge that I had, and I was uh, one card away from his 75. I think it wow. is. Uh, so I played that, and tell you what, guys, Accumulated Knowledge really levels up this deck. Uh, it's The card is just absolutely insane in this deck that it's like, it's sort of mana-hungry, but, you know, you don't want to have too, you don't want to have too much mana. So accumulated knowledge instead of the think twice's is just it's a huge improvement on the deck. And Dan, I know you love think twice's, right? You love the DD fan mono blue control deck. Yeah. Well, this deck is pretty similar with the only, the only exception being that instead of think twice's, you're running accumulated knowledge. 
Yeah. yeah. I'll try it out after uh, more KDM asks are done drafting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like accumulated knowledge because I've played a few games against Mono Black when you're when they're stare when I had, I had the situation where I had my opponent. I had two accumulated knowledges in my hand, and I hadn't played them yet. And my the guy that I was playing was duressing, and he's like, it's pretty much duress to accumulated knowledge. It's the one card you don't want to discard, want yeah. force your opponent to discard. It's yeah, like, but, go ahead. Yeah, but duress oh, makes them discard it, right? They have to discard yeah. accumulated knowledge. That's the only card in your hand. It's really funny, sweet. though. It's funny, though. It's like, oh, that's fine. Thank you. And it's also good. I mean, it's also good against, like, Ravenous Rats or Liliana Specters. And these are all yeah. cards you actually see pretty often. Yeah. So, you know, pitching accumulated knowledge is pretty is sweet. And nobody's nobody's running Graveyard Hate right now either. So you don't have to worry about you. Your accumulated knowledge is always going to get the value that you want out of it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, cool I've card. had games, and uh, one of them came up on one of my videos that I did where I accumulated knowledge for two into an accumulated knowledge for three. And, like, my hand went from, wow. like, two cards to, to six cards with, with a fistful of counterspells. So it basically went from, <laughs> Instant you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how I'm going to win this game to, like, I can't possibly lose this game now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Look at all these shiny toys I have now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maybe. accumulated knowledge is just bonkers in this deck. Yeah, and then Miscalculation is another good card because it's a great early early turn counterspell and late turn draw card. <laughs> Which usually drawn to another counter spell anyway, so. <laughs> Who so cares? There's my plug for my pure article and what the the decks that I've been playing. That's cool. <sighs> That's all your articles. What else do we have on the metagame besides your stuff? Uh, oh yeah, Popper Battle Royale. Um, because it's cast, yeah, casting commons. It really it's really bad that dailies are gone. But at the same time, you're starting to see people step up and uh, do player-run Swiss rounds. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, and at first, everyone's like, oh, player-run events. That's not going to have the real good metagame. If you look at a lot of these player-run events, they're starting to mirror the dailies anyway. So there is knowledge to be gained from these events yep. as much as some people don't like them. Because I know for a fact that uh, Belt is a huge fan of the uh, player-run events and stuff like that, but I'm glad somebody's picking it up and running running Swiss, Swiss rounds so we can get some sort of snapshot of what's going on. Yeah, and, uh, I think should really run a couple of more player-run events now. Yep. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, and I, I, I think I sent something a long time gone telling him that it's like, Hey, this is your chance to really push gathering, get people on, you know. Yeah, they had 34 players in their last event. Yeah, I mean, this people want four-round Swiss. They don't like top eights. I wish, or uh, they don't like eight-mans. I wish Wizards would have realized that, but apparently they're not, whatever. But I'm glad we got we got uh, some some people taking responsibility of running these things. And from what I've seen, for most of these, they're run pretty fairly. They're they're not really, they're not they're not really uh, as janky and uh, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, really suspicious. Yeah. Sure. Suspicious. I don't know. But no, I'm just glad to see no, people running them. 
But I mean, the meta game is pretty much staying the same. It's it, in some some of these events I'm seeing, it's as if the dailies just quit and they continued, and it hasn't really changed all that much. So that's kind of cool. I like seeing that. And that's the Popper Battle Royale from CastingCommons.com. And then we also have the Popper Classic Tuesdays, which is run on Gatherling. And uh, again. It's uh, all the decks are pretty standard. You got a Stompy deck here, and we've got a uh, we've got a Shadow deck, which is kind of cool. Some oh, shadow. shadow deck! Some Shadow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Ninja deck, and he's running oh, Ninja Sal- deck. Oh, he's running, he's running Salico Seer. Yes, that card's cool. Yeah, I mentioned that like in my last dwelling in the past article, actually. Yeah, yeah. it was a. That plus ninja is pretty uh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, okay, yeah, think of even if they remove the seer, like you still get your card back. You know, yeah. it's like that's fine. I'll just draw two cards. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty it's a sweet card. I mean, like I, I just never got it to work really, and like, uh, but yeah, I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> so I mean, it's I it's it's cool seeing that uh, the player run events are starting to mirror what's really going on. It's kind of cool. So I just kind of wanted to highlight those articles. There's the said that it's pretty much, you know, it's the meta what it is supposed to be. So that's kind of cool. That and the cool thing about gathering when you win these events, you get these really cool tags. They, like, make a banner thing for you with your name on it and stuff. Yeah, they're great. It's kind of cool. Banner? Do I have a banner? You get a... You get a badge, like when you win a player an event on Gathering, whoever designs them, you get like a like a a badge with your name on it, and they put like art, some really cool magic artwork behind it and stuff. Uh, well, you know, I didn't win that event. I just I, that's so stupid. I foreowed it, but I didn't win it. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, tiebreakers or something. I I got second yeah. place in the standard event. No, but yeah, it's. Yeah, but, like, after you get them, I, I'm not familiar. Like, I've taught Mikey K has a few, and I think Mike said after you win them, they give you the link so you can actually post them, post as as avatars. So you actually can use the badge in other places. So it's kind of cool. Every time I play, like, Pop, every time I play Popper Classic Tuesdays, there's something, something stupid happens. Like, <laughs> the last time I played Popper Classic Tuesdays, I ran, like, round one, I was playing Stompy, and... My opponent is running Turbo Fog. I'm like, Ugh. oh, you gotta well, be kidding unfortunately, me. Turbo Fog is just one of those decks where they beat any creature deck. <laughs> and the other cool thing about player run events, if you're one of those people that want to get into being a grinder, like like Chris and uh, Sneak Attack and those guys, this is a really good way to do it because it doesn't really cost you anything. They don't like charge tickets to run these events. You can just do them for free. So like, you're not out anything if you lose. Yeah, it's such a good way to start train for tournaments. It is. It's They're really better good. than the eight months in almost. Yeah, you I mean, you're not out anything if you lose. I mean, you just lose and you're done, and it's not a big deal. I mean, well, it might be a big deal personally, and your world's gonna end. But uh, like, you're not out tickets or anything like that. So that's the nice thing. So. But yeah, that's kind of what the metagame's looking like. We just have all these results, and they'll be on the notes. I mean, there's lots of decks. I mean, do you guys have any decks you want to go over on them? 
I got to plug my uh, my pure article as well. Yes, uh, go for me it. And Chris uh, or on Mondays, both of us. And uh, I published uh, the Azorius Kitty 2.0 list. Uh, we talked about it on Competitive Podcast episode 17, I think. Uh, it's uh, my buddy, Power T, who spent seven years on the Pro Tour. Uh, went over David Schaffer's Azorius Kitty deck, deck and made uh, <laughs> I like the first a list one of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice slip. And uh, uh, so there is uh, the deck list and a full cyborg plan for the new Asuris Kitty deck, and some match videos. So check that out. Cool, deck is sweet. Yeah, it's so grindy and it's so much fun. <laughs> you get to draw a ton of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I want to build that deck and play it. It's there's there's such a big list of decks I actually want to build and play. It's like. Yeah, it's never gonna end. <laughs> you have to love mid-range to play it. Yeah. Oh, mid-range. Uh, mid-range. <laughs> so, where's our topic two? Okay, so yeah, Chris's article. Topic two is Dan. So yeah, his first Dan. Where are you putting him on the spotlight and just go? So. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do this every week. I uh, did it on the yep. CPC. I am, pr- I am uh, 100% behind it. So go I am uh, uh, quite deep into Magic Finance, uh, only online, and I constantly monitor um, popper prices. And popper prices are the most uh, volatile prices on Magic Online. They change a lot. And I think this is a, a really, really bad time to be sitting on popper cards. So. Uh, because of the loss of the daily events, there is a general uh, decrease in pauper prices. And uh, tomorrow, uh, or two days from now, uh, the uh, Mercadian Masks draft start. And they will reduce the price. Days is already down uh, $3. And days will drop um, a lot. A lot of the expensive pauper cards are in Mercadian Masks. So, um, and it isn't the best of times to pick them up but if you want to pick them up for playing though I don't think you should speculate on Mercadian masks because uh, pauper prices are falling generally and Vintage Masters is looming like a big axe over pauper prices Um, you should pick up your play sets of Mercadian mask cards next Saturday so uh, that'll be uh, oh maybe around the 26th yeah. Okay. I can't stress this enough, guys. I just got um, where did it go? I gotta find it. Last the last time I followed Dan's advice on this, I picked up a metric ton of Mog conscripts and Mog raiders at fifteen cents each. Mog conscripts are now thirty two cents on MTGO traders. Uh, wow, Mog, that's one heck of a return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a hundred percent return. You know, Mog raider and uh, Mog They're fifty seven cents, aren't they? Yeah, Mog Raider is fifty-seven cents, I think. The last I checked. Yeah, where else can you get three hundred percent in a week? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, Mog Raiders are fifty-two cents now on MTGO yeah. traders. So yeah, I picked up as many of them as MTGO traders would let me, and you know, I essentially doubled and tripled up. And nice. This is a pretty easy pick right there. I'm still waiting on Rolling Thunders to come back up. I picked up a lot of those. That'll too. take some time now yeah. with the loss of dailies. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Thunders and Diabolic Edicts are the ones that I was I also sort of speculated on and so 
That I'd like to know from uh, the listeners here how much finance you want to hear, how interested you are, because I could talk about finance uh, all day. <laughs> but I don't want to bore too many people. <laughs> so no, it's, just, it's kind of good because, uh, I mean, for a while er, in earlier episodes, we tried keeping up with it and all that, but it got, like, when you're, when you're, when you're trying to scour the realm of magic and like bring up news on new stuff coming up and all that it's it's really hard to keep up with everything so if you want to keep was, up with that that'd be great yeah i was thinking that i first talked to players and then to the speculators so just give you tips about when to pick up play sets and when to get rid of cards yeah. Yep, that's perfect. I'm so, all for it. I should probably we should probably get rid of our Mercadian mask stuff, right? So accumulated knowledge. Yes, it's uh, already almost too late. But uh, yeah, you should have gotten rid of it two weeks ago. Yeah, I said it on the CPC. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I had to pick up accumulated knowledge. It was it was worth it though. I've I've won so much with Monopoly Control that it, they've already paid for themselves. So I'm not really that worried. Yeah, yeah there'll be one ticket in uh, on the 27th. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, with that, once the prices do drop uh, and stuff like that, that's when I will be starting trying to get that second account started so we can have a poker cube online. Oh, that's a good time. So, yeah. Sounds good. People can place an to two rocks. Just one. <laughs> just one. It's just one. Just one. But... <laughs> All right. What are you talking about? I drafted five. <laughs> so, right. but yeah, that is a thing that we will be working on doing, and all that. So, but yeah, other than uh, you, any more popper finance stuff, Dan? No, that's it for this week. Okay, uh, rage of the week. Yeah, we've got a few. I like some. To some uh, Twitter and Peter, if you you have to you have to click because this is part of the rage of the week. Um, so the first one that I linked is uh, Salty Losers. If you guys don't follow them on on uh, Twitter, it's at uh, Salty Losers, and you'll hear some some of the rages of the week before you you know host them on the pod on the show. But um. Distracted again by Skype chat. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> so this guy, uh, we're just going to start off right now. All all capitals hate fracking cheaters. It is when you run a POS clock on someone after they DC disconnect. And uh, Orc replies, watch the caps, please. And this guy replies, dang caps lock. Yeah, right. As if you knew that your as if you didn't know your caps lock was on. And any game on a computer can be hacked. Nothing is ever uncheatable. Just you don't know about it yet, probably. <laughs> uh, I don't think somebody trying to, but trying to buy a booster to get in a draft in a draft room should be considered room disturbance. It's associated in a way with room not only for. Oh my god, I can't even read this guy. <laughs> How do you? We're just gonna have to link this guy. I just like no swearing, please. What? Swearing? What? You never heard of a frack? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking? Bulgarian, Bulgarian the making, making of thereof is in violation of the rules of compliance. He just yeah. he, he put the link for the guy to follow. Oh my god. A single letter does not determine an actual swear word. <laughs> <laughs> Neither word is vulgar. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. All He's having a, a yes and no with an orc. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yaha, no, uh. 
both their own words and only loosely associated with known swear words, therefore taken greatly out of actual context. And I've seen a priest use frack and a Jew use fucking so ha. That doesn't Orcs excuse you from using it on here. Orcs are given way too much power. Sure it does. Neither word is truly deemed vulgar. <coughs> yeah, and then I like it. It, it. They go they go back and forth down here, and then and the orc chimes in again. Vulgarity and the masking there was a violation of the rules of conduct. <laughs> like, he links it again, and it's, it's like he just copy and pasted his previous message. <laughs> Oh, That's okay. funny. Oh, so Dan is going to be leaving us in a few minutes. We'll we'll uh, do your shout out at the end, Dan, for you. Yeah, we'll take care of it. All right. Oh, that's wonderful. Nice being on. Yep. Sweet. So, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. This goes on and on. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll just we'll, you'll have to click on the show notes link to this guy because yeah, this is wonderful. It's really long. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, the other the other link of the Rage of the Week is um, this guy. Uh, oh man, we didn't. I didn't do the shout out. Man, yeah. what was I thinking? What was I? How did you guys let me skip? Who this was about? Well, go back to it and say okay. his name. So this guy, the shout out is to Poppy Kaleo. P A P I K A L E O. Oh, the that's his name. I can I can figure that out with his like mixed up jumbled. Just text that we're trying to figure out right here. Yes, it's kind of hard. So here's your shout out, Poppy. Uh, and the next one is brought to you courtesy of uh, Grappling Ferrank. <laughs> nice. Oh, like he I, always. I he, this he, guy just brings out the rate, the best. Yeah, people. he brings out a lot of angry people. Well, when he's spending like, a history of just acing people with storm, it kind of brings up the worst of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's playing uh, Tempest Draft, uh, Tempest Stronghold Exodus Draft. And uh, this guy, who he's up against, is Urkon Maria Moose Leitner. <laughs> Moose Leitner. Wow, that's a really long MTGO name. I didn't even know to let him happen that that long. Yeah. So I think I um, everything. Jeez. <laughs> so Grappling Ferrang uh, casts a big Rolling Thunder on his opponent, targeting everything that his opponent has. And this guy replies, uh, "Rolling on 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 the floor, laughing, or rueful." Uh, yeah, sometimes luck is just is all that matters. Good for you. Grappling Farron replies, LOL. Uh, <laughs> so then uh, Farang does the, uses the Fire Slinger to kill the other guy's other thing. <laughs> and Urkon um, replies, that's how we make money. Without people like you, that wouldn't be possible. Thanks. Uh, yeah, you're losing at this point, Urkan. I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's how you make money. Yeah. Farang replies, so, ha, 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 ha. Exactly, just slaps it off. Yeah. And uh, Farang then reply, uh, says again, are you ever embarrassed throwing constant temper tantrums in an online game? <laughs> <laughs> so Urkan replies, rule of big numbers, sometimes luck just beats skill. And Farang replies, that's cool, man. You tell that, you tell yourself that all the time. And then Urkan replies, so well done, I guess. And Farang replies, there is no waiting, walking, I'm sorry, there is no waking you up to reality. And then uh, Urkan replies, rolling on the floor laughing. Yeah. And then after yeah. Farang goes in for the final kill, he yeah. DCs. Yeah, he loses connection to <laughs> DCs on declared attack. Yeah. that happens. <laughs> so here's your shout out, Urkan Maria Moose Leitner. 
Congratulations. So that's what we got for Races of the Week. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Any more announcements we want to make before we close the show? Um, uh, yeah, Team Briley, as it, how, how are you on that? Uh, we got anything? A few donations, but cool. uh, not a whole lot. That's fine. Anything's better. Anything's good. The goal is uh, there's a whole bunch of charity events going on for Team Bri- Team Briley, and uh, we got a whole. There's a we're doing another podcast. There's an IDS building run in St. Cloud or Minnesota, in Minneapolis. For those that aren't from Minnesota, IDS building is the tallest building in Minneapolis, and there's a. They're doing a charity event, and uh, the teams are going to start on the first floor and go all the way up to the top on the stairwell. So that, then they're raising money that way. Um, we're having the New Year's Eve party thing at our house for it, and uh, anyone in the Minnesota area is welcome to welcome to attend um, for that. It's just uh, me and Amy, me and my wife are providing all the food and beverage, and we're just doing. Tabletop gaming and uh, and it's like eight dollars per person and we're just collecting all the money and it's all gonna go into Team Briley and we're where the goal is ten thousand dollars, which it's slowly coming but it's it's getting there. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at with that. Uh, I'll just make the when when the time comes for the the donations for Team Briley, uh, we'll just. Fill it in with uh, with the New Year's Eve charity events. So that's kind of the where I'm thinking how we'll do that. Um, but other than that, I got really nothing else. If anyone else has anything, nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, watch. Yes. The the nerds, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Have fun. Root <laughs> for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, I hope you uh, represent the Magic the Gathering community well. Hey, that's Jack, cool. So how come they get in contact with you? Yeah. What? How can they get in contact, contact with you? How do they contact me? Yeah. The, listener, the listeners. Yeah, how do listeners oh, contact the listeners. you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, JPH Snake is my uh, also my Twitter handle. Um, yeah, and that's I guess yeah that's you can that's pretty much like yeah how you follow me I guess uh, I don't have a Facebook fan page or anything like that so yeah MTGO account name uh, MTGO account is also JPH Snake so yeah. cool. Yeah, send me a message, I guess. Uh, sh- send me a shout-out. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> That's sweet. Right. What's your stuff, Chris? I am on Twitter at Seaweaver8518. Um, and on MTGO, at Seaweaver. Peter? On MTGO, I'm Midnight03. Don't and have a no Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> nope. Um, I am and Yukon on MTGO. You can get me on Twitter at, at Nathan Yunkin. Um, and, uh, of course, popper to the people at gmail.com and I'm on Facebook too. So, and then how, Dan, you want to do Dan's? Uh, yeah, Dan can be contacted on a uh, YouTube channel at Magic Gathering Strat is the YouTube channel. Uh, he also has a Facebook page, which is, I believe, uh, facebook.com slash magic gathering strat. I'll have to actually look that, that one up. Yeah. Uh, but mostly you can find him on uh, on the YouTube channel and contact him there. He'll definitely get his. You'll he'll definitely get the message on the on the YouTube channel if you leave a comment there for him. Yeah, it is Magic Gathering Strat. There you go. I just confirmed. Yeah. It. Cool. Cool. All right. But if anyone has anything else, we are going to call this a show, throw it in the can, and send it to Chris.
This all right. is Popper of the Peoples. Talk to you all next week. All right. See you guys. Have a good night. Good night. And record. Okay, we're going to go through this one more time. We'll see if we can do this before we start the show. Um, news. Welcome to Mr. Horning, special guest, Jack. Welcome to Mr. Horning. Horning. Welcome, Mr. Horning, to Popper to the People. Yes. God, you can't read your own fucking notes. Uh, <laughs> can't say that. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm... allowed. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> Dan you're, not, you're not getting this video, Dan. Chris has to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Chris, again, if you when you're editing this, it's like as the bloopers and just like add like random like boat horn sounds and stuff. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just anything right now because I feel like that's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> Dan will do popper finance. Yay! Because I don't like numbers. Yeah, yeah, Jack. This is the chaos before every single show. It's awesome. Before, during too, buddy. <laughs> and after. All right, so are you ready, Chris? All right, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs>